a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn. You still Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Darth Bane and his life, um, his timeline, mainly in Legends, but he's a super cool character from the Old Republic, the pioneer of the Rule of Two, and I can't wait to talk about it with y'all. So without further ado, let's dive into ARC Trooper training. Gentlemen, who wants to be an ARC Trooper? So, Darth Bane was officially canonized in the Clone Wars Season 6 whenever Yoda goes to Morband, or more appropriately known as Korriban, um, to sort of discover the secrets of immortality and continue his trials uh, at the behest of the uh, priestesses, the Force priestesses. But um, his story wasn't canonized whenever we did get to meet him in that episode, uh, actually voiced by Mark Hamill, fun fact. But um, the story of Darth Bane is best told in the trilogy of books that is, uh, they're, they're no longer canon, unfortunately, but they're really, really interesting. They are called In Order, Path of Destruction, Rule of Two, and Legacy of Evil. I would highly, highly recommend reading these books, and this podcast is going to have a lot of pretty significant spoilers for those books. So if you are planning on reading those and you don't want those spoilers, go ahead and stop this episode now. It'll still be here when you get back. But I'm going to be going through sort of a Cliff Notes version of all three books and hitting kind of the most significant moments in Darth Bane's life. So starting with Bane's childhood, he was actually raised as a minor on Apatros, and his name was Dessel. And his father was extremely abusive and blamed Des, as he, or Des, as he was uh, called in shorthand, for his wife's death because she died during childbirth and considered his son the bane of his existence. Get, get where that's going. Um, after his father nearly beat him to death at the age of 18, Des, at the time, dreamed that his father died from a giant hand squeezing his heart and the next day his father was dead. Once again, you see where that, you see how that might tie in? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, eventually he left Apatros after, uh, he got into some trouble with the mining corporation that sort of owned and operated on, uh, Apatros. And so he, he was able to enlist in the Sith army. He was a foot soldier in a platoon called the Gloomwalkers. And eventually it was discovered that he was force sensitive. So he was recruited into the Sith Academy on Korriban, which was the Sith Homeworld, the Sith sort of base of operations. Consider it like the Coruscant of the Sith, um, or the Titan of the Sith. Um, Bane quickly rose to excellence among his fellow students. He donned the new name Bane as a sort of uh, prolific middle finger to his father and to kind of spit in the face of his memory. Um, but he quickly rose to excellence among his fellow students, both in his Force abilities and lightsaber skills. And the books go into a lot more detail. I'm not going to go into as much here, but it's really interesting, and sort of his psychology and his motivation behind uh, the skills that he developed is really, really cool. He utilized a curved lightsaber hilt, much like Count Dooku, which helped him excel as a duelist. Super, super cool stuff. Um, 
He ultimately lost faith in the current Sith regime, which was called the Brotherhood of Darkness, led by a Sith named Lord Khan. And uh, essentially, the Brotherhood of Darkness had kind of revamped the Sith uh, order. They knew that the old ways were not working when the Sith were just killing each other left and right. And so they kind of built it back up from scratch. They abandoned the titles of Darth, and they focused on collaboration and fellowship over betrayal and domination. So really, they, they kind of moved closer to what the Jedi were and almost kind of emulated the, Je- the Jedi model of operation, which is super interesting. And that's a whole other thing is that the Battle of Rusan, um, which is a giant, very long and grueling conflict between the Sith and the Jedi on the planet called Rusan, um, which is sort of a, a subplot of the first book in the Darth Bane trilogy. It's super fascinating because the Jedi and the Sith kind of, they almost meet each other in the middle where the Sith are becoming more and more collaborative, more and more almost brotherly in their approach, and the Jedi are becoming more and more brutal, more and more um, Sith-like. And honestly, at the end of the day, there wasn't too much difference between the two sides, which is super interesting. I'll go into that more in another episode. All that to say, Bane saw this order as weak. He thought Lord Khan was a coward and therefore did not have any faith in their ability to uphold the philosophy of the Sith. And so he left the order and went in search of new knowledge. Uh, And in his search, he uh, used and found and used the holocron of Darth Revan to draw inspiration for a new Sith order. And under this inspiration, he instituted the rule of two Uh, For one thing, to avoid the infighting that plagued the Sith in the past, which allowed many weak individuals to rise up together and overthrow one powerful individual. He didn't want that. Um, And he also found infighting to be rather um, unproductive as as a way of uh, operating. And so essentially he developed a system where there would only be two members, one to embody power and one to crave it. And... Uh, essentially, it's just the master and apprentice model, the, the, the model that we see for most of, uh, or for all of Star Wars uh, in, uh, within the confines of the, of the Skywalker saga. So, ultimately, um, Darth Bane was able to deceive the Brotherhood of Darkness into destroying themselves, along with a large sum of Jedi, by using a thought bomb. Now, a thought bomb was an ancient ritual that required the power of many Sith at once, and what it did was it annihilated any and every force-sensitive being in its blast radius, and then it absorbed the fractured souls of those it destroyed into this silver silver sphere um, for an existence of perpetual torment and torture. It's really really lovely when you think about it. Um, But that's what they did. Bane sort of convinced the Brotherhood of Darkness that that was the only way that they were going to defeat the Jedi. They didn't really know too much about it, or, or what it entailed, they, but Bane told them how to do it, and then he was the sole remaining survivor of the Sith Order after that point. Um, and in the carnage of the Thought Bomb, Bane found a young girl named Rain who had killed two soldiers single-handedly in a bout of rage. She's this little girl, and she killed two full-grown, fully-trained soldiers. And Bane took this girl as his apprentice and deemed her Darth Xana. And it should be noted that Bane has been using the title of Darth uh, since he started his tutelage under the teachings of Revan's holocron. 
Um, he's bringing it back. It's, it's a title of respect and signifying the true Sith, right? And so uh, Bane's Bane's been operating as Darth Bane since, uh, since he left the Brotherhood of Darkness. He's no longer Lord Bane. Um, but uh, so took on, he took on Darth Xana as his apprentice. Ten years later, Darth Bane wishes to create his own holocron to preserve his knowledge and pass it down to future generations of Sith. Um, because in his new philosophy of the rule of two, once the apprentice has learned as much as they can from the master, they then are supposed to kill the master, take their place as master, and then take on their own apprentice. And the line continues down until ultimately they will take their rightful place as rulers of the galaxy. Um, so 10 years later, Bane wishes to create his own holocron. And in pursuit of learning how to create a holocron, um, it takes him to the planet Tython where the Jedi are alerted of his and Xana's presence, and they end up going to ambush him. Now, the Sith are able to vanquish the Jedi, but Bane is very, very badly injured. Now, Xana isn't foolish enough to kill Bane then, because she knows that she still has much to learn from him. So, she takes him to a healer, who had unwillingly assisted Bane before, but this healer contacts the Jedi on the sly, and whenever the Jedi show up, Xana uses Sith witchcraft um, to cause a bout of insanity within the healer and causing him to attack the Jedi when they arrive. Using uh, a lightsaber that Xana had collected from the fallen Jedi on Tython, and so he comes out wielding this lightsaber of, of a fallen comrade of these Jedi. And the Jedi take him out very easily, and they assume that... Um, this was the Sith, that this was the one that they had been alerted to. He had killed um, the, the healer who had alerted them to his presence, and then in a desperate, um, desperate attempt to preserve his own life, he tried to attack them foolishly and was then killed. But Xana hides uh, herself and Bane until the Jedi leave and under the foolish assumption that uh, they had actually killed the Sith and they had eradicated them from the Jedi once and for all. Now, another 10 years passes and Bane and Xana have acquired a great amount of wealth and influence in the galaxy. And their alter egos are a brother and sister who are sort of uh, collectors and merchants and very uh, sort of mysterious but wealthy individuals. And uh, they essentially control galactic events through financial and political espionage. So they use their connections to subtly influence uh, galactic dealings. Whereas, like the old Sith would use armies and conquests, they Bane is very clever and very crafty. Where he knows that in order to um, in order for the Sith to really win in the end, they need to do it on the sly, which you see the culmination of in the Skywalker saga with Palpatine. Um, but it's just, it's super interesting in the books, and I would highly recommend, if you haven't read them, to go ahead and read them and, and kind of hear Bane explain it himself. It's, it's very insightful and very, very interesting. Um, but that being said, Bane grows anxious that his apprentice, Xana, is growing complacent in her position as his apprentice. She, that she won't uh, try and over, overtake him. She won't challenge him for the mantle of master. Essentially, he's deeming her unworthy because he's saying, okay, I'm not going to tell her to challenge me, so I guess I need to find a new apprentice, but I'm getting, this is Bane talking, he says, I'm getting very old, 
So what he tries to do is he tries to seek the knowledge of the late Darth Andedu, who was uh, an immortal Sith who used essence transfer to transfer his sort of consciousness from one body to another, therefore preserving his life uh, for, for longer than was natural. Um, and this is essentially a means to an end because Bane isn't necessarily hopeful that he will perpetually live, but it's that he will live long enough to find a worthy apprentice. Now, Xana, whenever she finds out that he's doing this, thinks that that's a direct violation of the rule of two, that he is trying to essentially claim all the power for himself in perpetuity so that he will never have to give up his power. He will just be the one true Sith, the one true master for all eternity as he just jumps from body to body, um, which she does not take kindly to. But that being said, uh, Bane pursues this knowledge. He finds Darth Undedu's holocron, but on his way back from retrieving the holocron, he is ambushed and taken prisoner by a group of assassins. And after he escapes from those assassins, he runs into Xana, and they have a brief altercation that ends in a draw. Bane then takes a skilled Iktachi assassin, who is a pretty prominent player in this third book, uh, as his new apprentice and flees to the, to the planet of Ambria. And on Ambria, Bane and Xana have a duel, a final duel, where, where Bane attempts to transfer his essence into Xana, but ultimately fails. And his spirit was then destroyed, and Xana takes uh, the Iktachi assassin as her new apprentice named Darth Cognus. That is really the end of Darth Bane's story, but he's a super interesting character deemed, deemed by most to be the uh, Sithari, which is essentially the Sith's version of the Chosen One. Um, he established a regime of Sith that would rule for a thousand years unseen by the Jedi, culminating once again in Palpatine's rule. And um, he's just a fascinating character that I hope we get to see on the big screen, and I hope that we see him done justice. If not the big screen, then then the little screen, the streaming screen on a Disney Plus show or something like that. But um, that being said, this is about all that I have to say about his story. Once again, most of this was Legends, but I still think it's super interesting and worth talking about. I would highly recommend reading the books if you haven't already. I only touched on like major plot points, and I really skipped through most of especially books two and three. So there's still a lot for you to read if you if if you so desire, and I would highly recommend that you do. Um, that being said, this wouldn't be a proper episode if I didn't leave you with just a little bit more. So for a time, Bane utilized parasitic creatures known as orbalisks as protective armor because their shells were resistant to lightsaber blades, but the parasites themselves fed off of dark side force energy and continually pumped their hosts with a stimulating toxin, which was over time very, very poisonous and very detrimental, but it wasn't quite enough to kill the host immediately because they're parasites, so they're not trying to kill their host outright, but they are still causing harm. So uh, that, that was a very interesting plot point, pretty, pretty relevant in the second book, if I'm not mistaken, um, but uh, still a pretty fascinating tidbit. So that's about all that I have for this episode. Make sure you stay tuned for our second to last Obi-Wan Kenobi review this Wednesday. And then uh, this month's ability to speak does not make you intelligent this Friday. 
and then we have our 100th episode next Monday. So this is a pretty significant stretch, a uh, pretty busy stretch for me, but I hope that y'all enjoy everything that I have coming for y'all. Uh, I, I certainly enjoyed recording it all. So um, that being said, you've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you, and I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye, friends.